Hi, everyone. It is season two of the Let It Be podcast. I'm your host, Becky Sigenfus. Join my friends and me as we share conversations about little things, big things, all the things. This is your time. So whatever you have to do, let it go, let it wait, let it be. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Let It Be podcast. And I cannot believe this, but we are rolling into the week of the anniversary of when our nation and the whole world really got shut down due to COVID-19. And over the past year, we've learned a lot about many things. One in particular has been how fragile the mental health of our communities has been. And so today I invited a very special friend of mine to come and have a very transparent, vulnerable conversation about mental health today. She is a licensed professional counselor and she works with people like you and like me and our kids and a variety of people within our community who are really struggling through not only everyday circumstances that cause crisis and trauma within our minds, but obviously as a whole nation and a whole community, we've all been journeying down this new way of doing life with a lot of restrictions and a lot of loss and probably a lot of grief along the way. So Annie Hooper, thank you for being part of this conversation today. I'm so glad to welcome you to the Let It Be podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So um, I was just going to tell a little bit about yeah. myself. Tell us who you yeah, are and, and what you do. Yeah. So I am a licensed professional counselor. Um, I work in a private practice. I work, I do a lot of work with trauma, depression, anxiety, mm. um, which we've seen a rise in. All the things yes. of 2020. Yes. So if you had it a little bit before the pandemic, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you definitely had it afterwards. So that's what I do mainly. Um, I work a lot with high school students, college and older. Mm -hmm. Um, I do a lot of family counseling, marriage counseling, and then individual counseling. So you really do cover the gamut. I do a lot of Mm -hmm. of the counseling world. I, there's a counselor that I follow online and I, I won't get it exactly right, but I remember her saying to all the other professional counselors out there, give yourselves a pat on the back because we have not only counseled through this pandemic, but we ourselves have had to counsel ourselves because you all have been kind of blindly feeling your way through this, just like the rest of us have, but yet your job has been to help other people blindly feel their way through this as well. Have you sensed that challenge or the weight of that in a different way this year than before? Um, I have, and I kind of like how you describe that, but at the same time, like, I don't know that it was blindly for me because Mm. I feel like when we talk through this, we all experience grief. We all experience crisis. We all experience things that make our world feel shattered. Mm -hmm. And so it's not necessarily blindly walking through it. I think the part that feels blind is not knowing the Mm. outcome. Yeah. And so those are the parts where we can help you walk through it. We can help you do hard well. Mm. but it doesn't mean that we're going to know every step of the way, but we can help you navigate through it. Yeah. So how in any situation that would apply, right? Right. So what are some steps then when, because for me, I don't feel like I'm really that much of an anxious person, Yeah. but what you just said is what resonates with me. My, I can't even call it anxiety. I can't call it worry, but it's just this, unsettling of the unknown. Mm, That's, that's what sits with me of, okay, what is 
my job going to look like in yeah. yet another six, nine, 12 months? What are my kids' schools going to look like? Yep. I mean, next year, my oldest will be a senior in high school. If the school year looks just like this year, then that means three of her four years of high school right. have been altered because of this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I think of the college kids and I think of, you know, all of these brides who have gotten married, everyone who's had a baby and all of those things that have looked so differently. And it's that unsettling of to what end and at what point will this go away and we can get back to the way we were doing life in 2019. Yeah. Well, and I think that the important thing to hear there is us saying, when will it get back? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe what we need to do is change our questions. So maybe our question is, you know, we don't always have tomorrow promised to us. Mm-hmm. We don't always have, um, we can make our plans, but it can change in a heartbeat, right? Right. There's things we can't control. So there's a lot of grief that we've been walking through. Um, and that makes sense. Like we need to be able to validate that. There's a, like what you said, there's a lot of loss in high school students. There's a lot of losses in just weddings. Like what I we know. dreamed it would look like, baby like, showers. Who wants all of their wedding pictures right. with masks all over yeah. people's faces? Nobody. Nobody, nobody wants that. No. Right? Said nobody. Yeah. So I think that we can rephrase those questions though and say, even if, Mm. even if this is what it is, is God still good? And Mm. is there still a plan here? And so I think that for me, walking through several seasons of grief and being in one right now, um, I've had to get to the place where I've said, these were my dreams. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is what I thought it would look like. It's not what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And I've had to grieve that. And I've had to let some of that go and open my hands and just say, I can't control this, but I can control what I focus on. And we always end up where we focus on. So Mm -hmm. if we put our eyes on the negative, if we put our eyes on all of the loss, then we're going to be stuck in our disappointments. But if we can say this hurt, this was not Mm -hmm. good, you know, like, this was a terrible moment for me. This was crushing, whatever the words are you want to describe it. But then we can say, okay, and then what else is there? You know, is this all there is? And something that I say to my clients a lot is this is not the end of your story. Mm -hmm. And so just remembering that this isn't where the story ends. Mm -hmm. It may not look like what we wanted it to, but can we get to a place where that's okay? Because we know that God is for us and he sees us Mm -hmm. and he's guiding us. And so can we rest in that? And it's not always that we have to know what the next step is. That'd be great to know it. Right. But in reality, (laughs) it'd be super great. But in reality, that's not what life is. Yeah. Like we just don't know. I didn't mention when I introduced you that you are a Jesus follower. Yes. Do you counsel from that foundation or do you counsel from both? Yeah. So that's a really interesting question. I get that a lot. It's kind of interesting because for me, I feel like obviously my faith is a huge foundation. So everything I see is through the perspective of my faith. Right. Do I, um, talk about faith with my clients that wouldn't have a faith background? No, not necessarily. Like I'll ask them like, is this important to you? Like, is this Mm -hmm. something that you would want to talk about? If they say yes, we do talk about it. Um, my, clients that I have that are faith based, you Mm -hmm. know, then we definitely are able to like pull out, um, scripture and talk about where is God in the heart? Mm -hmm. You know, how do we walk through this? Like, what do we do in these moments? But I think regardless of whether you have faith or not, there's a lot of, um, skills that we can take away that can help us just do hard. Well, yeah, I agree. You mentioned that you're in a current season of grieving yourself. Yes. And I think a lot about so we've been open that our family has seen a counselor for a variety several counselors for a mm-hmm. variety of different things. Usually it's been around some kind of anxiety. 
And I know that I have sat there and I'm sure with my husband being a pastor, I'm sure that people sit on Sunday mornings and think, oh man, they've got it all together. Mm -hmm. They must Mm -hmm. never have an argument Mm -hmm. and they must, you know, everything just, the music must always be playing in their home (laughs) and everyone just gets along to Mm -hmm. share the positives of the day. And I think that probably a lot of clients think that of their, their therapists or their counselors. Absolutely. So how do you, as a counselor, when you're going through your own, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. trial, crisis, grief, whatever, how do you kind of compartmentalize that and counsel others through maybe a situation just like you're going through? Right. So I think that that's really difficult for me because something that I've always lived with is, um, I have to be perfect. Mm. You know, like I want to show up. I don't want to be judged. I want to look like I have it together, Mm -hmm. but life through the circumstances that I've gone through has been anything but perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that that in some ways has caused me to show up and look at myself, um, in a completely different way. And I always call it giving space for grace. Mm. And so I think it has allowed me to connect better with my clients because I'm able to walk through things Mm -hmm. well and, say to them, you know, I may not have the answer, but I'm so glad that you shared this and you're not in it alone. And it just gives me the ability to connect in those valleys instead of feeling like I am in a place looking down or in a place where I haven't experienced it. Mm. And when you go through things, you're able to speak differently than when you haven't experienced. So I think for me, um, compartmentalizing is something I really had to learn, but I also, what I compartmentalize is I don't compartmentalize the emotion. Mm. I don't compartmentalize the connection, Yeah, but I'm able to take my story and kind of put it aside a little bit and just say, I understand the pain yeah. and I understand the grief. And I know like even walking through this season there, and there's definitely times where counselors even have to take a break, right? Yeah, because you sure. just, you're going through so much, it's hard to show up for others. But I think that there's times where if we aren't afraid to let ourselves feel with our clients that mm-hmm. we can have healing along with them as yeah. we're walking through that grief with them. Um, and we're able to set those pieces aside of our story, but we can still show up and that we all have the same human emotions yeah. and connection in the grief. I have never experienced this and I've never asked, Do as a counselor, do you ever get emotionally like caught up when yes. you're, when you're counseling? Yes. I mean, are you allowed to cry with your clients? Oh, absolutely. You know, what's funny about that is, um, I have so many times where I will get teary eyed yeah, and I will, you know, like a tear will come out or whatever. And I remember talking to my supervisor about it and she's like, but you're showing them yeah. that you get what they're saying and that mm-hmm. it's okay to cry over mm-hmm. it. And I think that by me being human in front of them and yeah. showing them that this is a hard story, mm-hmm. this is hard, but I'm not afraid of it. And I think that that's the difference. Like yeah. it's it's not that I'm crying, like, stop talking. I can't handle right. this, but it's like, this hurts yeah. and I grieve for you and for your loss. Mm-hmm. And so I think for them to just connect with that humanness, it gives them permission yeah. to say, okay, this was hard. This did hurt. Yeah. And if the professional is crying with me, then, <laughs> then I know it's really bad. <laughs> no, then it's really okay. <laughs> yes. It's really okay. <laughs> so how has, um, 2020, I, mean, I know we're in 2021 now, but yep. the year of 2020, Yep. How did you see your job change or shift compared to how people needed care and counsel 
in the years prior. Yeah. So I've seen a lot. Now I've worked with trauma. That's mm-hmm. kind of been what I've, my specialty and what I just kind of so accidentally got thrown in. <laughs> yes. I was super prepped, which is kind of interesting too, just to say, I feel like every season we walk through God uses for the next. Yeah, I agree. And so when I walked into this pandemic, I actually, and I'm not saying this in a bragging way, but it was just kind of like, okay, you okay. And this is the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what I found in my clients was just this fear of all the unknown. There was a rise in depression and anxiety. And mm-hmm. I think also we saw a lot of disconnect where people felt so connected, but it was mainly through false connections. Mm-hmm. So when it all got taken away and shut down, people were like, wait, I'm all alone. Like I don't really have friends. I don't really have a healthy connection. And so part of my um, what I've been working on with people is just helping them find true connection and mm-hmm. what that looks like. And so a lot of that is talking about why can you not be vulnerable? You know, like there's a lot of different issues we've walked through, but I think just in the beginning, like saying, okay, where does my anxiety come? Have I put my trust in others? Have I put my mm-hmm. trust in myself? Is there a real connection that I have to my community yeah. and my friends? And so I think that I've seen a huge shift in that where people have realized like I've done life just being busy mm-hmm. and now that the busyness is gone. Yeah. I've had to face hard things, like things I've tried to not face, or Mm -hmm. I really don't have the community I thought I had. Yeah. How do you counsel someone asking for a friend? Um, How would you counsel (laughs) someone (laughs) who is walking through this year, and it could be any year, any circumstance, with information that seems to be going against one another? So Mm -hmm. you could talk to one person in the medical community who says, Uh, just speaking about the pandemic, you could talk to one person in the medical community who says, um, this is, yes, we all agree that the virus is a real thing. So that's not the the conversation, but you need to be taking this precaution, this precaution, this precaution, this precaution. And it's your responsibility to be that type of citizen within Mm -hmm. our nation. Mm -hmm. And then you can talk to someone who has the same title still in the medical community who says, all right, the truth and the statistics of this relating to your age and your circumstances is X, Y, Z. And so you've gotten two opinions Mm -hmm. about the same circumstance that are completely odds with each other. And how do you counsel someone who comes in and says, I don't know what to believe? Yeah. I don't know what to think. Pick a topic. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of a weighted question because I think that what goes with that, it obviously depends on what it is, you yeah. know, and what they're trying to, and their ages. I think, you know, you have the whole, um, parental authority, you know, different mm-hmm. things there that you, you, you need to obey those things. So you can have a very different view and some, you know, a parent or whatever has a view and you need to honor that, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, we're just in a season of honoring those things. Um, I think what I would try to talk to them about is what is their fear for mm-hmm. both sides? What are the pros and cons on both sides? So at the end of the day, you know, are you, keeping others safe? Are you keeping yourself safe? Like what's your main goal? Mm -hmm. So if you, so say that you had information and you were afraid, like, well, what if I die from this or what if, so we would walk through that. Like, what are the chances of that? Like, Mm -hmm. is this an unhealthy thinking, you know, process? Is this something that's going to affect your behaviors in the future? Is this causing an unwarranted anxiety? Mm -hmm. Um, and if so, like, how do we see it more realistically? And so that may be like, um, for example, I was trying to think of some of my clients that have different things going on where it's like, you know, we need to just process, like, are we able to, um, 
keep ourselves safe? Are we able to stay grounded? Are we able to show up in life and still live? Or are mm. we afraid to even show up in our life? Oh, and so those are good. the things that we have to kind yeah. of talk through of like, how do we still live? And at the end of the day, like, is God in control of this? So that doesn't mm-hmm. mean throw stuff out of the way. Right. So you had brought up the pandemic. So it doesn't mean that, I mean, I would still go out with my mask on because whether I think I'm going to get it or not, I want to honor people around me too mm-hmm. and be safe in that way. We use like the alcohol and the hand sanitizers, but I still want to show up. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be able to be a part of life. So we, you know, we'll stay at smaller gatherings. And so however you decide to handle the crisis, you know, is, is your way, but are you really showing up in life? Or are you letting fear stop you in your tracks? And I think those are sometimes the things that we have to ask at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Like, what are we called to do and how are we called to show up? Yeah, I love that, Annie. I I have personally felt like throughout this whole year, what has caused some of the division is that we, as a human race, yeah. have not given people permission to live within their reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's been shaming if you have this opinion about whatever. Yeah. And then it's been shaming if you have this opinion about the other side of it. Yeah. And so to hear you say that I could come to you and you could help me find the line between not being um, paralyzed by fear, but also being responsible and being able to still live within what is appropriate in my own mind. Right. Just give so much permission to, Uh, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. To be an adult, to be human, to have your own thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Have you sensed, I mean, I'm sure what, what has been the biggest thing that you've counseled through not topic, but emotion this mm-hmm. year, I would say grief. Mm. Yeah. Just a lot of grief that people have shown up and said, you know, the things that they've lost, the things that this year has taken from them. Um, and how, how can I be okay in that? Like, mm-hmm. how can I let that go? Mm-hmm. Um, and still find hope and still find good things. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's where, you know, disappointment's not bad. There's a season for grieving, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I think when we get stuck in that, that's when we stop living and that's yeah. when we stop showing up. And so really just helping people flourish mm-hmm. when things look different yeah. than what we thought. Mm. I have said so many times, <laughs> I am not thriving in this world. <laughs> yes, <laughs> And I have really, really felt that. Yeah. Statistically, we know that substance abuse is up, mm-hmm. domestic abuse is up, mm-hmm. suicide rates are up. Expand on that. What, what, what do we do with those statistics and how do we help others yeah. avoid the trying to numb yeah. whatever emotion they're feeling. You know what I would say to that? And this may sound a little unconventional, but I think what I have found in my work and working with trauma clients is allowing people to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so us not always being perfect. So even in the beginning, when you were talking about how people see you, mm-hmm. like, you know, if they were like, oh, I can't talk to Becky. Right. She's so perfect. But so, the minute well, you no. get up there, mm-hmm, you're just kind of <laughs> perfect. You're 98% perfect. <laughs> so the minute you get up on stage <laughs> and you're able to say like, hey guys, like mm-hmm. I yelled at my kids last night yeah. and I sets of things that weren't very nice or you know mm-hmm. there was a time I struggled with depression or you know I've personally seen three counselor three counselors in my life over the seasons of my life yeah and so when we can be vulnerable and allow others to be vulnerable there's not this stage setup that's like you have to be perfect you can't share your struggles mm-hmm. now the place to not share your struggles 
I'm just going to stand on a soapbox for oh. a second. It's not Instagram, right. Facebook, you know, social media. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to get so much judgment, but you want to have a safe community where you're mm-hmm. able to expand and say, guys, I struggle too. And where your community can say, Hey, we notice that you've been struggling. Yeah. Like, can you open up to us? And so I think that that's the piece is people feel isolated and alone. And so we start getting these unhealthy thinking patterns in our life that's like, I have no one. Mm-hmm. This will never end. Mm-hmm. I can't handle this. I'm not strong enough. And so a lot of times the behaviors we choose are escape me- mechanisms, which mm-hmm. are suicide, yeah. um, avoidance, you know, like we, we just stay away from everyone. We stay right. in bed. We don't talk, you know, right. we don't do those things. So I would say for, as a community, just connecting and being real and authentic mm-hmm. and genuine and, um, being careful with, you know, again, being, um, realistic in who we share those things with, right. but giving permission to people to share their struggles and yeah. where they're at. Which is why it's so great to be intentional about having like a small safe group yes. of community yes. that knows the ins and outs of what you're struggling with. And I mean, we've given our kids permission to like, you don't have to hide yeah. any struggles that we have at home when you need to talk to your youth leader yeah. or you need to talk to a teacher or whomever, because we're, that's, that's real life. Right. And honestly, we've even used, Andy and I have even used some of our times where like they can tell that the air is tense and, <laughs> and ask, you know, what, why are you mad at each other or whatever? And we'll say, listen, this is how we work through conflict. Right. Like this is that. reality. Yep. We don't always agree because right. we both have opinions about a lot of things mm-hmm. and they often don't align. And so when you see us, struggling through that, we also want you to see that we get through on the other side. Because when you're with your siblings and are just ready to pull each other's hair out, we're going to let you model what we've done and work through the conflict so that you can come out on the other side. Cause there's always going to be conflict. There's always going to be conflict no matter what. And so I love that you give them permission to ask and you're open and you're vulnerable and that you, you know, share with them, this is healthy conflict yeah. and this is what it looks like. Because I think a lot of times we try to hide those things from our kids, Yeah. but then they feel ashamed right. when they can't figure that out. Right. Right. And so I used to pray for my kids, like God, keep them from pain. Mm-hmm. Don't let them go through these trials. And I've gotten to a place, what I love about the community that you've talked about that I will now pray like God bring healthy mm, people, people into their life to speak truth to them. Oh, I love that. And so I think that I love the idea of just allowing our family to mm. see there's not shame mm-hmm. in being humanness, but we don't want to stay there. Right. Right. We don't want to stay in our unhealthy thinking patterns. One of the biggest lessons that we gleaned as a family from a therapist that our kids saw, um, both of them saw for anxiety things at different phases of life was speaking truth mm. into the anxiety. Yeah. And it was like a light bulb went off because we would, when that anxiety would tick up. So both of my girls, they would not mind me sharing this at all, but when they were much younger, they had a, they were, they had a phobia of germs and specifically the stomach bug. Like Mm -hmm. it was narrowed down to one. What they're going to come in conflict with when they're little all the time, all the time. Yep. (laughs) And they, and so when that anxiety would tick up, like let's say that we were at an airport and some kid got sick right in front of us instead of letting one of the girls say, I'm going to get sick because I was near that kid and I might've just touched the same hand railing that they did. The counselor said, you need to speak truth in it. Like I wasn't around that kid. I'm healthy. I just washed my hands and speak the truth of reality into the situation rather than listening to the lies of the anxiety speaking in your head. And 
from a faith perspective, mm-hmm. that is what the enemy does most. Oh, all is the time. he lives within our head yep. and just constantly shouts. Well, yeah. he whispers lies, but they feel so loud that they but just they bounce around inside. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when, which is kind of the whole purpose of these conversations that I have every week. That's when we need to make sure that we have the truth of the scripture that God has given us yeah. to speak into those circumstances. Yeah. And so what the counselor was talking to you about was identifying the unhealthy thinking patterns Mm. and then speaking into them, reframing them. And so Mm -hmm. that's what you guys were practicing. And, you know, scripture tells us that it it gives us examples of that all the time. So, you know, think about whatever is pure, holy, righteous, you know, and so it's not necessarily saying, oh, I'll never get sick. Like that's not realistic, but exactly what you said is what is the truth in this? Because every thought's going to cost us. Mm. And so it's going to cost us our peace. It's going to cost us in that situation. Like we're not going to enjoy the flight because we're going to be crying the whole time because right. we may have a stomach bug, you know? Right. And so just weighing out that cost, if I choose to believe, because what Satan's so good at it is taking truth mm-hmm. and twisting it just enough yeah. <laughs> that it's a lie. So we don't always recognize that we're even believing a lie. Right. And so again, that's the power of the other in our life to speak it out. And so telling someone speak out what's in your head, like, what are you thinking? And mm-hmm. you know, in our head, it makes so much sense. But when we say it out loud, we are able to see the fault in it. Mm-hmm. And I think then we're able to come up with a strategy of how to combat it. And so we take that and we reframe it. Mm -hmm. And then we allow space for grace is what I tell my clients. Yeah. Uh (laughs) So we talk to ourselves as if we're a good friend, like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I totally understand why that would freak you out. It's hard to get sick. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't like throwing up. Right. But the reality is, you know, you weren't really next to him and he was on the other side and, you know, and Mm -hmm. so we start giving ourselves permission to feel what we feel, but then speaking truth into it. And like, yeah. what's the worst thing that could happen? Exactly. You're sick for 24 yes. hours. I mean, right? that's, it's not fun. It's not fun. But it's the, that's the worst thing right. that could happen yep. is that you're sick for 24 hours. Yeah. So what are some like practical things that people can do? Cause you mm-hmm. mentioned something before we started recording that I thought was great. And you said you follow your, where your thoughts lead you or yes. something to that effect. Yes. You probably said it much more beautifully <laughs> than I did, but you follow where your thoughts lead you. Yeah. So what can we do when we're kind of crippled in those moments or even when we feel something kind of rising up within us, whether it, any emotion, it could be anger, it could be anxiety, it could be depression. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be like gluttony, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever there's that desire that, you know, I've got to fight. What are some just practical things that you can put in your pocket? Yep. Mm -hmm. So um, I said, wherever you are focused is where you're going to end up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. I knew it was much better than what I said. So, so, uh, you know, in my life, I've even noticed if I focus on unhealthy thoughts that I will spend my whole day being angry at somebody or being frustrated or being in a place that's like, so then I missed the whole day Mm -hmm. because I just wanted to prove to you that I'm mad that you ticked me off. Right. Right. And so I think sometimes, um, I was reading a Lisa Turkhurst book who I love. Uh, She has Mm -hmm. a book out called forgiving what you can't forget. Yes. And one of the quotes in her book was when it's hysterical, it's historical. And so I love Mm -hmm. how you were talking about like, when we feel this uprising inside, what do we do? Well, it's some, it's telling us something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. And it may not actually be what's happening in that moment. It's triggering something maybe from our past. Um, but what we can do is stop and say, what am I thinking? Mm -hmm. Because our thoughts create our emotions. So if we can pinpoint what our thoughts are, then Mm -hmm. we can start to either say, is this a realistic thought? Is this not a realistic thought? Um, so that's something that we can do like right away. The other thing that I tell people to do is sometimes like you just need to get out and exercise. What we work, our body is like, if we're tired, Mm -hmm. so we're going to bed late, say you're pulling all nighters, 
you're going to be grumpy. Right. Like you just are. If right. you're not eating, if you're eating junk food, you're yeah. not going to feel good. You're going to be sluggish if you're not drinking water, you know? So mm-hmm. looking at the bigger picture of stuff, but also not ignoring emotions because when they raise, it's telling us something. So it's like, what am I thinking? Is this true? Do I need to ask a friend? Do I need to get someone else's mm-hmm. input in this? Mm-hmm. And then what do I do with that? And so that there's a lot of answers to that. It could be something we can't control. So we can focus on, you know, maybe I can't control this situation, but what can I control? I can control what I focus on in this situation. So if I focus on the fact that you made me angry, then that's all I'm going to focus on. Mm-hmm. But if I focus on the fact that this gives me the opportunity, this anxiety, this anger gives me the opportunity to purify something inside of myself that maybe mm-hmm. needs to change, whether that's being more gracious, whether that's being uh, more forgiving, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. I can control that. So it's an honor or a privilege, maybe I should say, to understand that we don't have to run with our emotions. Mm -hmm. We can feel them, but we don't have to react to everything that we feel. And that takes time. Like it takes time. I do this 21 hours a week with clients and I still at times, Mm -hmm. I don't get it right. Yeah. I... (laughs) It's amazing to me because uh, you're probably thinking that I had you on my podcast for sharing all of these great <laughs> tips. Really, it was just I needed this one hour. You just of, needed some therapy. Yeah, I needed my own my own therapy. <laughs> I feel like we all need to pay you. But why has why has counseling mm-hmm. always had this like shroud of secrecy in yeah. culture? I don't think it's as much anymore. No, but yeah. why do you think it has always been like oh you you need to see a counselor? Yeah, or things not going well. You know, I don't 100% know how to answer that other than from my own experience, Mm -hmm. because I know what it's like to sit on the other side of the chair. Yeah. (laughs) And so I would say that there's just embarrassment sometimes of laying it out in front of somebody Mm -hmm. and telling our friends, I don't have it all together. Like, I'm not okay. Yeah. You know, and I think that there's a fear in that rejection from Mm -hmm. people. What will Mm -hmm. they think if they know like, oh my gosh, I had it so bad. I had to talk to someone. Yeah. Instead of seeing it as oh my gosh, you're talking to someone, you're, you're taking healthy steps. Like that's amazing. I should do that. Right. And so I think that there's just this fear of rejection and embarrassment and a vulnerability. You're Mm -hmm. very vulnerable, even sitting in that chair across from someone, because I know even for myself, when I've had to share hard things with a counselor, I won't always share it the first time I talk to them because I have to feel them out. Mm. Like, are they going to still see me? Yeah. Am I okay? Yeah. Or are they going to reject me? Yeah. And so I think that there's, I mean, you're really being vulnerable right. with somebody. So you are absolutely right. Um, and especially I think if you're in any type of a leadership position where oh, you yeah. feel like, or if, I mean, like a counselor, seeing a counselor, right. when you feel like you should be able to give all this advice and right. counsel to other people, and yet you still need someone to speak into your own life. But sometimes I know I, I really am speaking to preaching to the choir sometimes you just need someone else that with neutral set of eyes yes, to help yeah. you see the blind spots yep. that you can't see. Yeah. When you're in it, you can't see it. Yeah. You know? And so I think that I've gotten to a place where the counselors I've had experience with, I've really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I've gotten to a place where I don't necessarily hang my hat on everything they say because yeah. they're human too. Right. But I, I, enjoy that perspective. I love the fact that I can sit down with someone and say, this is what I'm thinking. Tell me, is there, am I missing something? Mm-hmm. And for them to be able to walk through and they may pick up something that I didn't even have any idea about, yeah. you know? And I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh. And then that light bulb comes I on. Do and do so, that. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. that. What? And so mm-hmm. I think for me, it's almost become this place of realizing that it's a strategy for mm-hmm. me to do life well and to do hard well. And it, to mm-hmm. me, counseling is just, 
it's going to be something I always have. Yes. I just will always have that because it's become this thing in my life where I get that hour about yeah. me yeah, <laughs> and to just sit down and say, here's what's going on. Can you help me just right. organize this even in my own head? Yeah. I honestly wish that from the very beginning, the medical community, that there would be a shift Yeah, because when we have a baby, yeah. we take that baby to uh, the first year of life. We take him to that well visit at yep. four months and at, I don't even remember, six months, nine months, 12 months. And yeah. then we have a, we schedule a well visit every single year until they're 18 years old and beyond. Yep. And then we're supposed to have a physical every single year. And that's all, be, it's all preventative medicine. Right. It's to catch when there's something wrong, it's to catch it early. Right. And Andy has done a ton of counseling in his years of pastoring and he doesn't do as much anymore. But I remember him saying that he would tell couples like it's taken you 10 years to get my office. Right. We're not going to undo and redo everything in six sessions. Right. However, if you would have started at year one mm -hmm. and worked on like the little stuff. Exactly. Then maybe we wouldn't have 10 years of big yeah. to try to sort through and work through. And, and yet there's no shame in saying, oh yeah, I've got to run my kids to their well visit right. today for their physical yeah. health. But we live in a culture where we're supposed to have it all together. Yeah. You're you know? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's the place where it's, it's not realistic. Mm -hmm. And so I work with a lot of even young couples. And at one time, and I can't even remember where I read this, but in a book they were talking about, you know, children are wonderful observers, but horrible interpreters. Mm. And so mm. we start like yeah. where we get the roots of our lies start in childhood. You yeah. could have the most amazing parents in the world yeah. and you're going to have lies that are ingrained in your life. Mm -hmm. And we carry those. So we carry us into the next season. Mm -hmm. And so I agree with you, you know, just to sit down, even like before you get married as an individual going to college, I loved working with college students mm. because I felt like we were starting at an early stage mm -hmm. to start to define like, what are some of these lies and then giving them a battle strategy moving forward in their life yeah. so that they were healthier. So I agree with you. I just think we are definitely in that place where it's like, oh, I have to look like everything's mm -hmm. okay. Right. Um, or I may be shamed or yeah. people won't, you know, see me in the same way, but yeah. Would you rather be healthy and show up in life, you know, right. in a, in a good way and be able to handle the trials yeah, until absolutely. you hit rock bottom? Absolutely. So we all thought that when we turned the calendar over from 2020 to 2021, that everything would instantly be better. Uh-huh. And <laughs> we're, we're rolling into the third month of the year and still waiting for things to turn around. Mm -hmm. What can be your advice yeah. When we're moving into the future and yet the future is still so unknown, how yeah. can we do that in a healthy way? Well, I think part of your question is um, the future is always unknown. Yeah. We just have this blinder on thinking that we know it, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so I think that moving into the future, we need to look at the past to give us wisdom, mm. right? And we yes. want to look at the future to prepare, but really all we have is this moment. And so it's kind of that thing of like, don't, don't be so focused on the future that you lose out on today's moment mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what is going on in your life today. And, you know, I am a firm believer again, I will state this again, but your story is not over. Yeah. And so even if it doesn't look like what you thought it was, there's something still beautiful in that. So mm -hmm. even in the season of the snow in the winter, there's still <laughs> seeds under that snow. It's true. Right. It's and true. so when it melts, it may look like something completely different than what you thought. Yeah. And so I think that for me, especially because I have a lot of seasons that I feel like they've just changed drastically than mm -hmm. anything I ever thought. 
but I've been able to focus again. What do I focus on? And I can focus on the fact that at the end of the day, I know who's in control. I don't focus on what I don't know, but who I do know. And so I know who's in control and you know what? I have friends. I have family that love me. Mm -hmm. If we have that good support system around us, then it's, we're going to be okay. It may look totally different, but I'm going to lose out on the moments I have right now. If I'm constantly looking to the future, well, one day when it's like this, I'll finally be happy. And we do that with everything, right? When I finally get married, I'll be happy. When I finally have have a baby. baby. And then we have it. When when they turn 18. (laughs) 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 But can we really be in the moment and be thankful for what we have? And I think for me, a practice, just having gratitude, Mm -hmm. like for that day, like waking up and seeing the sunrise. I know. You know, like, oh my gosh, it was beautiful. It felt, felt like spring I the know. past couple of days. I know. You know, that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm ready for the spring. And Me so too. the spring is always coming. Yeah. We just don't know when. Mm. And so I think it's just a matter of what are we focusing on? Who are we focusing on? And can we find the beauty in the ashes? Yeah. Annie, you are just <laughs> a wealth, of, a well of wisdom. Well, thank you. Um. So this is the Let It Be podcast. Yes. And the whole purpose um, is to find purpose in promises that God has given us. And so has there been a particular verse, maybe for this season or for your life that has been that for you? Yes. Yes. So um, one of my favorite verses that I um, started looking at when I was younger, um, I want to read it. I'm pulling it up because no, you're good. I read it out of the message and I mm-hmm. actually like the way that I, so I grew up with, you know, King James, yep. these and thou's. Mm-hmm. But when you read stuff in different versions, you get a different perspective too. Right. So I love first Peter one seven and it says, these trials will show that your faith mm-hmm. is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong, Though many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor Mm -hmm. at the day of Jesus Christ. So, you know, I actually, because I'm a book nerd. um, (laughs) So I looked up, how do you purify gold? Mm. (laughs) And it was really interesting. So it was talking about like, it goes into a furnace where there's Mm -hmm. really, really hot fire and it melts it into a liquid form. And then they put bubbles of chlorine in there and the chlorine attaches to the imperfections and it brings them to the top Mm. and then that's skimmed out. And so the verse just, you know, I was thinking through even in my own life, Mm -hmm. how many times I feel like I've walked through fire. Now there are times where I think I didn't do it very well. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely come out with smoke on my clothes, Yeah, (laughs) maybe burned a few of my limbs, but (laughs) there's definitely imperfections that God was taking out of my life. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like the season that I've been walking through now, that verse has meant even more to me. Yeah. Um, and that, is it genuine? You know, like what I believe, do I actually really believe it? And Mm -hmm. if I do, then how can I walk through this grief well? And so I would say that's a verse that I just really cling to because fires are going to come. Mm -hmm. So I can either focus on the fire or I can focus on the way maker. Yeah. So what, when you're not, we didn't even mention that you have twin boys that are oh, yeah. seven years old that mm-hmm. keep you super busy and young. <laughs> when you're not um, being a mom and, yeah. and helping everyone get through the days of the month, yeah. what, what do you love? Oh yeah. So what do I love? That's a good question. Um, sometimes I forget to take care of myself. This mm-hmm. is just me being vulnerable and real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I focus on everyone else. Yeah. Um, it's a talent I have, but also a weakness. Yeah. So when I do remember to take care of myself, I think just spending time with my friends, like mm. getting out where 
I can hear all their problems, but I'm not their counselor. Yeah. So I can just look at them and be like, wow, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and move on, you know? You should go talk to someone oh, about that. talk to someone. That's terrible. <laughs> so I think just having those friends that I can laugh with and yeah. genuinely show up and just be real and be like, this was, this was my day. You know, I spent the day cleaning up, you know, puke off the floor from our two dogs. Like I love animals. So that's something that I right. enjoy like walking, going on hikes, just doing fun things. But yeah. I just really enjoy my community. And so I, I have that. to remember just to take the time to be yeah. with them mm-hmm. because I am so busy taking care of everyone else. I don't always show up yeah. in the ways that I want to, but I also, you know, you I, need to yeah. for your own self. and I am somebody, mm-hmm. I love to read stories about hope. Mm. So I've really, this past season, I've gotten really into reading. Mm-hmm. So my new book that I'm reading now is by Annie F. Downs. Oh, looking for lovely. Oh, I've, I haven't read it, it's but I heard so it is lovely. Yeah, and so it just reminds me to every mm-hmm. day again, kind of what we were talking about, but what is lovely in this day? Yeah. You know, even the little things. Yeah. So I think I'm just somebody that I'm like, I need to be fed in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am an avid sermon listener. Is that yeah. a word? listener yeah. sermon listener mm-hmm. yeah so I will um I have my new people that I love to listen to mm-hmm. so I get on all the time listen to Stephen Furtick and Holly Furtick and Priscilla Schreier and so mm-hmm. I constantly have a sermon on the background or worship music yeah but that just too. re again it refocuses me it realigns yeah. me for my day because I can pour into others and those are things that can pour into me so that I have something to give back yeah I love that I love yeah. that well if there were a prayer yes. as the let it be podcast we end every conversation yeah. with this question if there were one prayer yeah. that you could have answered, it can be for yourself, it can be for the world, it can be for your kids, whatever, <laughs> yeah. what would it be? It's funny because you had emailed me that mm-hmm. and I really struggled with yeah. that because I felt selfish for thinking mm. of a prayer for myself. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to sound spiritual. I don't want people to see how my vulnerability, <laughs> right. I'm going to go talk about it, but I don't right. want them to see it. Right? right. So I, this morning I kind of felt convicted of that. And I was like, what would I pray for if it was for me? And what I came up with this morning that I was like, okay, my one prayer, if I could say, let this be, is that the pain and the grief that I've walked through, Mm. which has been much, that it would give someone hope, Mm. that it would go off into the world and just spark something beautiful, whatever Mm. that is, even if it's just in one life, Mm. like to give it purpose. And to let it it be wasted. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to pray that with you. Thank you. Let it be. Yeah. Let it be. Annie, thanks for coming on my podcast and for sharing so much wisdom. I mean, we've been friends for a long time, but I don't think we've ever had one of these conversations. We haven't. And (laughs) man, y'all, if you need a counselor, you need to look up (laughs) Annie and I don't, do you want to, I mean, we, we can put it in the show notes if you want, if you want to give contact information out for your office and your practice and um, people can contact you. You are in the Cincinnati area. I am. We're in Blue Ash. Now, currently yeah. we're on Zoom because of the pandemic. Well, it's not Zoom. It's doxy.me. Oh. So, oh. Um, but it's online. It's okay. online. Okay. So, yeah. So we're not meeting in person, but yeah, I, we definitely have availability. Okay. So yep. yeah, you can look up Annie Huber and get all of, get all of your frustrations <laughs> out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thanks again. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for Thank your you. friendship and your wisdom. And I am excited excited just to see what the next season in your life is going to be. Thank you. Isn't Annie just the best? I love that she even checked me on a few things during our conversation. Everyone who stayed with us into the end of our talk got an hour's worth of free therapy. So you're welcome for that. If you do need help or are struggling with anxiety or depression, please see a counselor. And if you feel strong and healthy and just ready to take on the world, you can also feel good about seeing a counselor. 
Being prepared for what's to come is just as important as getting through the circumstances you are currently in. I hope this conversation has removed some of the stereotypes of therapy and mental health and has given all of us permission to take care of ourselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I'm so grateful for each friend of this podcast. If you love these conversations, please subscribe, rate, and share it with your friends. You can stay up to date with me at Becky Ziegenfuss, that's Z-I-E-G-E-N-F-U-S-S. And as always, thanks for being part of the Let It Be podcast.